Video nasties list. This is uh, I can't believe they only came up with 72 of them. Well, there was like um, one of the confusing things about it was there were three lists. Oh, one of those. So one of them was like uh, these are definitely banned, and the other one was like we, uh, these are questionable, and then uh, the third one was if we cut enough, this can pass. Don't go near the park. Was on this. Mm-hmm. That's. Yeah, well, you look through some of these titles and and you realize that they weren't actually watching these films. Right, right. They like Driller Killer, just the cover art. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this is a problem. But uh, it's a pretty boring movie. <laughs> it, yeah, it's. I, I like the buffalo painting in it. <laughs> like I've never seen Gestapo's Last Orgy, but I mm. assume that just based on the title, they were like, no. It's a surprisingly heartfelt movie. But then, <laughs> the, the movie, the movie turns out they're all children. Yes. Entitled "Absurd," it's like, well, clearly they, they must have watched that one. Yeah, and "Absurd" is uh, Anthropophagus Two. Anthropophagus Two. Wow. Huh. So, um, intro. Listeners, you're listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. This is a podcast where we friends get together and talk about a horror movie, which we will spoil. But first, we'll talk about a whole mess of recently watched, which we're going to try to not spoil too terribly bad. And um, we thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. You can find the music on uh, Apple Music or Amazon, where you could buy it digitally, or say hello to them on Facebook, where they are the Moon Rays. And we are not professional critics. We are your hosts. I'm Richard. I'm here with Jolian. Hello. And Will. Good morning. So, guys, um, since we did this last, um, some recently watched. Anyone want to start it? Jolian, you finished okay. off your uh, your video nasties list. Let's see. Uh, all right, I'll go through these alphabetically. Uh, Almost Famous. I hadn't seen it before. Oh, wow. Uh, did you like it? Yeah, loved it. I haven't seen it in years. I, I kind of should have seen that one. It. No, I'm not. Um, it's a Cameron Crowe movie. So good, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's basically, it out. basically autobiographical. Yeah. How uh, he was a young kid uh, working at Rolling Stone. It was one of those yeah. films that got a lot of good word of mouth, but from people I don't yeah. trust. So I'm like, <laughs> no, nah, I don't want to see that. Um, but I'll check it out with Kate, your recommendation. Kate Hudson, uh, Billy yeah. Crudup, who played Dr. Manhattan. Oh. You get to see him with his clothes on. Oh, man. I won't what? recognize him. Uh, Zoe Deschanel, France McDormand, Anna Paquin, Farouza Borg. Yeah. 
Philip Seymour right. Hoffman, Jimmy Fallon. Um, and I was delighted to see uh, Mark Kozelik from uh, Red House Painters. Oh, yeah. Um, he was a box office bomb. Sometimes. Hey, you know sure what? was. So was The Big Lebowski. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah. Uh, Asteroid City from this year. Wes Anderson. 149 minutes. Ooh. Wow. Uh, looks great. Like a mid-century modern motel postcard with Tex Avery landscapes. Okay. Um, <laughs> great cast. Can't comment on it, though, because I fell asleep. <laughs> oh. Just after the first visit of the alien. And the alien leaves. And then I woke up to a bunch of actors yelling, you can't wake up if you don't fall asleep. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> well, I didn't want to spoil the movie by going back and watching it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it looks good. All right. Uh, Bo is Afraid in 2023. This is oh. Ari Yes. Bo is played by Joaquin Phoenix. Is it is it Joaquin? Joaquin. Yeah. Joaquin. Uh, a sad man besieged by screaming mothers from birth onwards. We learn about him largely through exciting cinematic devices like sitting in therapy sessions and long phone calls. His apartment is a is, is in a hellscape of screaming street preachers and knife wielding maniacs, utterly unlike the Denver 16th Street Mall. <laughs> uh, he goes into a forest where there's a theatre doing a play about him because it's one of those movies mm-hmm. uh, in the third hour Ooh. there's a giant penis monster in the attic of his mother's home this may be symbolic maybe might just be he's got issues like that robot you told us about that end of robot detective when he changed <laughs> yes um the Big Chase from 1953, Arthur Hilton. Um, this has got The Amazing Colossal Man versus The Wolfman Ooh. from the director of Catwomen on the Moon. Sounds exciting, oh, no? Sounds great. People sitting in rooms talking. So you've got Glenn Langan as a rookie policeman chasing a gang, which includes Lon Chaney, who doesn't speak a word as far as I recall. Mm-hmm. Uh, vehicles, people and projectiles fly at the camera more often than not. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, <laughs> since uh, much of the chase sequence is a 3D short called Bandit Island, directed by Robert Lippert, which was edited into this movie. Mm. Uh, Adili Jurgens plays uh, Langan's expectant wife, which doesn't stop her from smoking because it was 1950s. Yeah, and they prescribed you cigarettes yeah, when she, you were found out you were pregnant. She's sitting there talking to a doctor and smoking away. And, oh, I'm worried about how he's going to turn I've out. I've been smoking the prenatal <laughs> cigarettes. <laughs> Um, but anyway, uh, her and Langan were uh, actually married in real life for 40 years. Wow. Um, okay, Black Magic, 1992, stars Judge Reinhold. His dead cousin tells him to kill Rachel Ward because she's a witch. Brian James plays a bad guy. Quirky comedy. Ooh. Yeah. And pff, I love Rachel Ward, but... Oh. Anytime he's not dressed up as a pirate having a wank, I'm not watching it. <laughs> <laughs> It's a very specific taste. <laughs> very, very specific. Uh, Boys of the City, a.k.a. The Ghost Creeps, 1940, directed by Joseph H. Lewis, who directed uh, Gun Crazy and The Big Combo. Ooh. Uh, not much style on sh- show here, though. Um, it's the second film for the East Side <clears throat> Kids. Oh. Who included Sunsh- Sunshine Sammy Morrison at the time, so bra- brace yourself for that humour. Yeah. Actors called Sunshine in the forties. Mm. Yeah. No. Uh the gang arrives at a mansion where murder is afoot. Ghosts stalk the family plot and secret passages behind bookcases open when you lean on them. 
Uh, Doesn't sound like the best design, but... <laughs> happens to Abbott and Costello all the time. Yeah. Uh, Minerva Urakal plays Agnes the housekeeper. And like Mrs. Danvers in Rebecca, she's a thinly veiled lesbian character. Um, she caresses Louise's cool white skin. Mm. Um, Rebecca came out the same year, so it might have been a parody. Oh, okay. Uh, Leo Gorsi says, what's the thin man got that I ain't got? And a gal says, Myrna Loy. That was the one joke that made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Bride, a.k.a. The House That Cried Murder, a.k.a. Last House on Massacre Street, a.k.a. No Way Out, 1973. All right. I like, I like Massacre Street. <laughs> it's cheap. Yeah. Any of those good? Rent's not bad. Um, <laughs> Under any of those titles? <laughs> well, <laughs> got solid setup. Uh, the execution's not too exciting. A lawyer named David marries the firm boss's daughter, Barbara, and cheats on her with old flame Helen during the reception. Barbara cuts him with scissors and the party falls silent when she walks out with blood on her wedding dress, which is always a good look. She disappears. The father-in-law says she'll stick by his new son out of principle, but watch out because Barbara has a history of cruelty to pets she got bored with. Uh, Pretty soon, increasingly bloody and elaborate torments are visited upon the dude and Helen... Writer John Grismer went on to direct Blood Rage. Oh, oh man. Will's favorite. That's in your top five. Uh-huh. Yeah. This one this one's pretty weird. It's not quite weird enough to make it a ah. classic, but uh, it's unusual. Um, Bugsy, 1991. Never seen that one before. Oh, with uh, Barry Levinson. Uh, yeah. Warren Beatty, Annette Benning, Ben Kingsley, Harvey Keitel, Elliot Gould, Ennio Morricone soundtrack, Rob Bottin special makeup effects, Jim Danforth matte paintings. Uh, Benjamin Siegel arrives in Los Angeles and buys and bullies his way into Hollywood, falling in love with Virginia Hill, and then deciding to buy a gambling casino and head and hotel out in the Nevada desert. Most of the movie takes place in 1945 and six, when Bugsy wanted to go to Italy and kill Mussolini. And the Jewish mob was getting real unhappy about what he was doing with their money. Does not turn out well. No, no. He gets <clears> an <throat> eyeful. Uh, Kane's Way from 1969, directed by Ken Osborne. John Carradine plays Princess Sims, who supplements his preaching income with bounty hunting. To save some room and effort, he just brings in the heads. Huh, okay. He has his barrel strapped onto his wagon. <laughs> and sometimes he has to sit on the lids. Oh, the heads keep bobbing up. <laughs> um, it's a crude and cheap western where the preacher helps a guy take vengeance on a gang of Confederates in 1870. Huh? But I've got to watch John Carradine. Yeah, you're never going to run out of him. He's, he's on screen a lot in this one. So oh, good. If you're a Carradine fan, check it out. All right, here's a video nasty. Cannibal Terror, 1980. Uh, directed by Alain Denuel. This is 93 Minutes. Perfect. Of Cannibal Terror. Um, what makes the worst cannibal movie most disgusting or offensive? Some might say most inept, lazy, boring, sub-Jess Franco, astonishingly pathetic effort. So, Cannibal Terror, a.k.a. Terror Cannibal, shares footage, cast and plot beats from Franco's Mondo Cannibal. So if a movie rips off Jess Franco, Ooh. you know you're at a certain level. Yeah. Um, apparently, when this played at Cannes, the audience... They played this at Cannes. <laughs> the audience laughed all the way through with the producer and director in attendance. Oh, man. 
And the producer called the angry director on stage saying, this is who's responsible for this atrocity. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. That's... Just throw him under the bus. Get him. <laughs> so you've got a jolly holiday music over shots of a sunny harbour city. Some men look at a yacht and swear about a door. A woman gets a manicure and her daughter goes for a walk. Okay, it's uh, pretty okay, exciting yeah, so yeah, far. Yeah, okay. so far. Another woman meets the daughter whose name is Florence. Florence calls her dad and the woman she met, Lana, uh, goes to a bar. We're 11 minutes in. Nothing comprehensible has happened yet. The swearing men turn up at the bar and sit there silently while one smokes. That's a good scene. Yeah. Suddenly they decide to kidnap Florence. This happens off screen because we have to watch elderly people sitting at another bar for a minute or so. <laughs> the gang holds up at an apartment, but one of them is outside and gets hit by a car. Off screen, of course. Yeah. Uh, so their boss tells them to hide at Antonio's place across the border in the forest. It's cannibal country, clearly Spain. <laughs> uh, but they'll be fine as long as they keep driving. So after 10 minutes, the jeep breaks down and the guide wanders off for water and gets captured by the palest cannibals you've ever seen. Ooh. Uh, but, uh, honestly, they look, they look English. They're so pale. Um, they wear seashell necklaces. They have face paint and one has a Ramones wig. Um, the effect of the guide being eaten is accomplished by putting her dress on a pig carcass and having them fondle the guts. Wow. Mm. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, the Jeep has recovered, so the gang and Florence drive to Antonio's where Mar Mario leers at his wife, Manuela. Antonio leaves. Manuela immediately takes her clothes off for a bath, dresses again, and Marlo ties her to a couple of trees and rapes her. Meanwhile, Lena seduces a guy pretending to play a guitar. Antonio returns and finds Manuela tied to the trees, so they go back to his house and everyone has a party and Manuela does a strip. Hmm. Might be a little traumatized, but she got over <laughs> really. it quick. Uh, several shots of a parrot and some monkeys. Antonio lures Mario back to the trees, ties him up and whistles for the cannibals. Meanwhile, Florence's parents get a call telling them where she is, so they head for the border, where we spend a few minutes while his outdated visa gets sorted out. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's the sickening. excitement jumping this from the street. Corrupted kids. Um, the gang spots them driving up to Antonio's and escapes into the forest. There's a long walk chase. After ten minutes... Ten minutes. Literally. Uh, In real time? Yeah. Wow. On screen time. The cannibals ambush this gang, but then there's more walking. Then a whole bunch of cannibals running on the spot and drumming. All of them are male except for one dancer. Lena is tied to a tree and the cannibals crowd around her, making scoffing noises and fondling offal, so presumably she's eaten. Uh, last gangster, Roberto, is carried into a hut and transforms into a pig carcass in a pair of jeans. <laughs> Antonio, some gunmen and Florence's parents arrive. Maybe... Yeah, that must have been yours. Hmm. Do you want to check it? No, no. Nah. It's not nefarious. Nah, it is, Was it the is. key in your pocket kind of funny? It may have been. Okay. I didn't set it. I locked the doors, but... Okay, pig, pig carcass and a pair of jeans. That was the first uh, band I was in. <laughs> Antonio, some gunmen, and Florence's parents arrive and talk to the chief of the village, which seems to be about 100 yards from a town with a truck driving along the road in the background. Florence's return to the parents, the end. Huh. Yeah, cannibal terror. 
and that was three and a half hours long. <laughs> or it just felt like it. Yeah, 93 minutes, a.k.a. three hours of boredom. There are some movies that feel way longer than they are. Yeah. Uh, Casanova from 1976, Federico Fellini. This is 154 minutes, full cut. Wow. God forbid we should get a sex-positive film from Italy. Huh. Um, Donald Sutherland is the drifting Sybarite who reckons himself as a man of many refinements and achievements, but is known only for one thing. Uh, Donald Sutherland is even made up to look like an automaton. Uh, it's made up by Gianetto De Rossi, who you know from 40 movies. Um, Fellini detested Casanova, and it shows. Ugliness abounds, but of course it's the most beautiful-looking ugliness you've ever seen. Uh, I watched it twice in a row. Nice. Even in 154 minutes. Six hours well spent. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Colossus, the Forbin Project, 1969, Joseph Sargent. Uh, Eric Braden plays Forbin, whose supercomputer built in the Colorado Rockies, (laughs) comes online and almost immediately warns him there's another system called Guardian in Russia. Um, This is a childhood favorite of mine, and uh, David Bowie also likes it because he wrote a song called Savior Machine. Oh, okay. Based on this. Um, <clears throat> James Hong plays James. And you've got great map paintings by Albert Whitlock. And then here's another video nasty for you. Delirium, 1979. This is 88 minutes. Directed by Peter Maris. And you get 1960s interlock typeface credits. Set in St. Louis, uh, 1977, although dialogue and a calendar in 1978. Uh, a woman is impaled on a spear in her apartment by a Nam vet named Charlie. Charlie steals a car, picks up a hitcher, glares at her without speaking and drives too fast. So obviously when they stop at a lake, she goes walking after him and takes all her clothes off. Sensible. Sure. Uh, <clears throat> meanwhile, Detective Larry, who has a taste for huge ties, turd-coloured shirts and lapels out to his shoulders, <laughs> is talking to the impaled woman's roommate, Susan, played by Debbie Cheney, partly because he wants to solve the murder. Turns out there's an insidious plot behind the killings, a secret cabal led by another nutty Nam vet and scored by the same library music they used for Mastermind, which was this, oh, it's an ongoing uh, quiz program in yeah. Britain. Yeah, okay. Very solemn music. Did, it was weird to see it here. Did the detective detect any irony in the Vietnam vet being named Charlie? I don't think so. Okay, just checking. Uh, Charlie wanders into the country and kills a farmer with a pitchfork right in front of her dogs, which seems which seemed pretty blase about it. <laughs> uh, later he finds another lone woman and is about to scrag her with a meat cleaver when the grocery boy arrives and gets the cleave treatment instead. Then the woman pulls a shotgun and that's the end of Charlie. Uh, quite competently done. The editing's fine. Uh, the acting is okay to non. There are a few explosions and a bunch of squibs. And the other Nam vet shouts, Get back or I'll blow her into monkey meat. All right. It's on Tubi. Sounds good. It's on the Video Nasty 72 film list. Not to be confused with the 1972 Renato Pacelli Delirium or the 1987 Lamberto Bava Delirium or the 2018 Delirium from Blumhouse or the other 2018 Delirium set in that same house that was in Burnt Offerings and Phantasm. Oh, wow. Wow. Confused? Yeah, a little. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of films that had similar titles got taken off shelves just because they weren't going to check. No. Um, cut version was released in 1987 as Psycho Puppet. Psycho Puppet. There you go. Qu'est-ce que c'est? 
Uh, who's next? Are you still are you still going? No, I've got more. I'll, I'll oh, leave. yeah, go I'll ahead. Spare you. I mean, <laughs> I, I can leave these for next time. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if you would. We'll keep going through them until we run out of episodes. Okay. Yeah, we may never run out of episodes. Uh, okay. Get it. Here's some stuff I watched. Uh, I watched Prevenge. And my oh yeah, I saw movies. this one. Yeah, that woman. Who's pregnant and believes that her baby is telling her to get revenge on the people who accidentally killed its father, or her father. Oh. The mom's husband. Okay. Uh, yeah, I liked it. Was it good? Yeah, I liked it quite a bit. It was just off enough that, you know, I enjoyed it. Uh, continuing revenge movies, I watched something called Ravage. Don't call it a revenge movie if the person seeking revenge gets killed at the end and the bad guy gets away. No. You can't do that. No. Also, don't show me the victim all bandaged in the hospital at the beginning of the movie because I'm not going to think she makes it out (laughs) in one piece. Yeah. Just start the movie when it starts. You know, you don't have to show me what's going to happen later. I need a preview for a movie that I'm already sat down to. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I hate the, you know. Yeah, you hate those. You wonder how I got. You're probably wondering how I got into this sticky mm. situation. Here. One, one year ago. Yeah, rewind. <laughs> uh, I watched a couple more. Uh, 30s juvenile delinquent drug movies. Yeah. Uh, Cocaine Madness. That's a whole subgenre. You've seen Reefer Madness. You've seen all of them. Right. Uh, In the 20s, it was cocaine comedies, wasn't it? Yes. Because it was just fun. And then then they decided (laughs) uh, they could make a lot of exploitation movies if they just put drugs in the title. Mm. They may or may not act like the actual drugs affect you, but... uh, and one of these, and I can't remember, it, it's really, it's on Tubi under two names, so I watched it twice. <laughs> Going, this seems a little, a little familiar. Uh, uh, watched one called Delinquent Parents that I don't remember anything about. Uh, Fist of Fury, mm. just because it came up on a list, and the, it the Bruce got movie. revenge in yeah. it, so... I hadn't seen it in probably 20 years. They so. killed his sister, didn't they? I think they killed his teacher. Oh, okay. Who was his sister. <laughs> and her daughter. <laughs> and his daughter. She's my sister. My daughter. My sister. My daughter. Oh, good fun all around. Uh, n- narcotic Story. Again, another 30s. Mm-hmm. Don't do that movie. Uh, sex Madness, another. Then we well, get that's a. The, that's the best kind. Yeah, Sex Madness, it is. Um, then we get into the 40s. I watched uh, I Accuse My Parents. Really? <laughs> another exploitation. <laughs> kid goes bad, but it's because his parents were drunks. Didn't pay enough attention to him. The kid was in the D.A.R.E. program. Yeah. And then I watched one in the, I think it's probably 51, 52. High school big shot. Oh yeah, yeah. It's the same thing, you know. 
uh, he, he, his dad cares about him, but he's a total drunken slob who hangs himself later in this cheery movie. Wow. I believe the lead character gets gunned down at the end. Probably one of these. Then I watched something called, this would be right up your alley, uh, Richard, Alone in the T-Shirt Zone. <laughs> oh, wow. Have you seen this? No. Okay, I was going to text you to watch this. This is about a screen printer. Jeez. Who goes mad. This is one of those little quirky regional horror movies that may or may he may or may not be mad. Um, it's just off enough uh, that you keep watching, even though it's not scary or absolutely, uh, you know, it's not really in entertaining i guess but it is <laughs> it's got strange jokes and like the humor is re- a little region off. is it uh i want to say baltimore or boston somewhere on the east coast there you know there's another one uh, and i think i talked about it a couple years ago it's called silk scream oh okay that's what i was thinking of because it's like is this the movie richard told me about now that one takes place in new orleans ah uh. and it's I could just point out so many things wrong with how they portray the business. And I'm not even in that specific, I, you know, um, part of the business, but you know, I, I do print all day long, but I don't print for hire so much. Well, this guy, uh, he is the designer for their t-shirts because ah. he came up with a great t-shirt that was like free mustache rides. I don't remember what it is, but right. it's that level of like seventies humor Everybody loves it. You get the feeling the movie thinks those shirts are crap. And uh, what year was this movie? Uh, sometime in the eighties, I believe. Okay, eighty four, eighty seven. Pick a year in the eighties. Yeah, it's close enough. Uh, yeah, really strange. Uh, What's it called? Alone in the T-shirt zone. I'm, I'm gonna look that up. I, I'm real <laughs> curious. Yeah. I think you should watch yeah, it. Yeah, you've got to see this now, Richard. It's, uh, you know, is he going mad? Let's uh, see, 1986. Oh, uh, I was in there. Huh. It was in the 80s. Yeah. Mm. Uh, okay, moving on. I talked about Infinity Pool briefly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really loved it. I think, uh, is it Brian Cronenberg? Is that his name? Uh, Brandon. Brandon. Yeah. Something with a B. Uh, Brood. Brood. Brood <laughs> Cronenberg would be a great name. Uh, I really liked it. Brood I, Rabid Cronenberg. Brood Rabid Cronenberg. Uh, and his sister Fly. That's the Fly. Uh, I recommend it. It's got trippy visuals. You don't quite know what's going on. It's got some weird ethics there i don't know it's got it all and me it's on hulu it's on hulu uh continuing revenge i watched blue ruin this is by the man who made green room oh okay which i hated because it was just shouting the whole time (laughs) i get tired of that in horror movies you think i wouldn't like horror movies but (laughs) a scream or two is fine but if it's just people shouting shit at each other for 90 minutes just a nice quiet movie in chronological order that's what you want in chronological order 83 minutes 83 minutes it's not (laughs) too much 
You know, a hot Italian woman takes her clothes off for no reason. There you go. There we go. <coughs> uh, uh, I watched something, another revenge movie called Final Girl, oh, yeah. which was not great. Uh, an assassin who's a teenage girl is basically hired to come in and kill these boys who've been killing girls or high school students. Uh, although I didn't think too terribly much of the movie, I did enjoy that it's filmed in a uh, in the woods at night. So they just set up giant Klieg lights off in the distance for the light, never explaining why it's like that. Mm-hmm. And it worked really well. It was it was a neat way to to light the scene uh, in a very obvious way, but it, it added to the effect. Mm. I, I enjoyed that part way more than the rest of the movie. Uh, then I watched uh, I Think You Should Leave, season three. Anybody watch that? this? I love this show. I don't know if I could ever tell anyone to watch it. I think it's funny, but I can't tell you why. It's on my watch list. Um, I've watched three seasons now. And they're all about 20 minutes long, so it's perfect. Um, It's like if internet people, internet commenters, were real in the real world, I think, that uses that kind of logic. Uh, It's very strange. It's basically kind of the same skit. Guy comes in, does something weird. Everybody else is either horrified or weirder. And then it ends. He ends and skits quickly. They don't drag on for terribly long. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I like it, but probably got one of the f- biggest laughs I've had of the year when he was selling the pet door, that, you know, automatic pet door to lock out criminals. Oh, but your nice. dog can still get in. I won't spoil it, but <laughs> great. Uh, watch something called Emily the Criminal. With uh, Aubrey Plaza, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. It was pretty good yeah. for for a low budget kind of nothing movie. Yeah, I saw that one a few months ago. I I had fun with it too. Yeah, you know, um, the big bus, mm. um, very like of the time. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, you could not make a more seventies movie if you tried. Uh, and it is really the poor man's airplane. It is. Just, I love the pianist that yes, he always makes me laugh. That is good. The best joke, though, is when they're in the bar and a guy breaks a oh, milk yeah. carton, a paper milk carton, and it's all jagged at the end, like a bottle. <laughs> and they go, watch out, he's got a milk carton. <laughs> <laughs> that is hysterical. Oh, that is so good. And you see that near the beginning. You're like, oh, this might be yeah, good. Yeah. And there are glimpses of good jokes but there's a lot to wade through that's right. like yeah maybe mm. that was yeah they got then. it they did it better in airplane a few years later yeah uh i think it's because the movie itself is silly too whereas airplane the movie they're in is serious but all the people are completely ridiculous right yeah they, they just take thin air and yeah s- some of the same cast and yeah same cast same lines everything so and still playing it straight but just ridiculous characters these felt like sometimes they were a little in on the joke yeah Yeah. yeah. sticky yeah uh righteous gemstone season three how is it i like it i uh i like danny mcbride's uh 
take on on uh, mega churches and rich evangelicals. Cool. Uh, he he does that kind of balancing act where he makes fun of these people, but he's not necessarily making fun of Christianity itself. Mm-hmm. Not that I care, but sometimes that can just get old humor wise. Yeah, because a lot I'm of it's just too the easy. Jokes, not yeah. the religion. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, and I think I think he does a, a good job of that. Um, some great characters on that show. His sister whatever her name is on the show is something else uh marco zorro from 1920 that was a recent watch the fairbanks one yes i watched it because uh uh gary's friend did the music for a showy that's on or on youtube we played along with it yeah yeah during the pandemic so have you seen any live performances like that? Uh, I saw Nosferatu twice with the live accompaniment. The second time the guy was off mm-hmm. time ruined the whole thing. That's too like, bad. dude, look up. You you can tell you're just seconds mm-hmm. behind. I saw Phantom of the Opera with Ooh, live organ. That'd be a nice one. Yeah, that was good. I <laughs> saw, although not live, uh, I watched uh, Metropolis when they re-released it with all the mm. found footage. Uh, the uh, Berlin Philharmonic or whatever played the music, and oh, it cool. was fantastic. Even if I w- had to watch it on a little tiny screen, you know, and just somebody holding a camera to the screen, you know. But I saw, um, this was years ago when I lived in Seattle, I saw... Uh, one of the silent Hitchcock films was Suspicion. The name of one of his silent. No. No. Um, God, what was the it? The Lodger. Let's see. Uh, it, it it doesn't matter anyway. But it was uh, my first film. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was one of his silent films, and uh, they had the live accompaniment, and they were off. There was a part where a phone rings, and they're like ding a ding a ding a ding, oh, and they hit no. some bells, and it was like. Like ten seconds late, person was already answering on the phone. On the phone, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. The first time it was a a couple of like techno artists who accompanied Nosferatu, and they were fantastic. I wish I could. Yeah, Apex Twin did it in London. Yeah, it was kind of like I, that. I missed it. I, I wanted to see that. Oh, uh, it was these. The, I don't know who these two were. They were locals, but they did it perfect. It was on time. It was mm. interesting. They clearly watched the film numbers times and seemed to get it. Uh, I only have a couple more, so I'm going to okay. yeah, run get out the clock. Uh, I watched Harley Quinn season four, what's been released. I still like this show. Um, it's an animated series. Yeah, it's cartoon swearing. I don't know, that joke should have gotten old, but they've got enough funny stuff and... You know, they make fun of enough DC characters. That, uh, it's interesting. This last one, they they went to the future to uh, 2048 to see to get wisdom from themselves. Uh, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy are a couple, and they they uh, they go to the future to get wisdom to mm-hmm. you know because if they've been together for that long, uh, clearly they've learned a lot about okay. one another and they can use that to help themselves. <laughs> That's in the a good present. idea. 
So they go to the future, and there's been some sort of apocalypse, you know, ruined buildings. And they meet the resistance fighter, who is their daughter. Uh, blah, 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 long story short. They end up beating up the daughter while they're talking about how great parents they would be. <laughs> uh, things like that. It's, it's kind of funny. I enjoy it. Uh, then I watched uh, Ant-Man 3. Oh, Quantumania. Yes. Wow. <laughs> it is just stuff on the screen. Should they stop making these? They should. Or at least they should set them in a real place. Because if it's just all colors spinning around, yeah. I don't know what's going on. Nor do I care. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love the first two because it's like these uh, mundane settings but yeah with superheroes the with first them, ones th- them being so small or so big next to it, it looks exactly really yeah that trick cool. they don't do that because they're yeah. all small it's all one. just green screen yeah it's all green screen it is this is one this like writer strike i totally sympathize with the, all the the causes yeah that's going on but then you look at a film like that and you think well did ai write that because <laughs> They must. Or did have. people actually sit in a room and come up with that? I don't think so. No. Uh, then I watched Guardian of the Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy, oh, yeah. Volume Three. Same thing. It could have been the same fucking movie. It was just <laughs> colors spinning around and characters that you're supposed to care about. Um, I know I'm supposed to get teary eyed when they're experimenting on CGI'd animals, but ones and zeros do not. Mm. make me cry they none of them look real enough to make me believe that there are anything more than a cgi created creature you know wow uh and it just felt like everybody else was just filler like nothing was really going on with the rest of the crew rocket is injured so they have to find out where he came from to find something to save him because he has a bomb in his chest that will blow up at some point and then they run into the high evolutionary who i always want to know more about but i'm never gonna get it yeah he's quite interesting in the comics isn't he i always wanted to know more about him and then they just they, and like, again they take it like a, a interesting character like adam he is and he's just a clown in this one yeah he's just an, an evil villain for no reason you know yeah. he says what he you know he's supposed to make the perfect civilization are the perfect life forms. Um, yeah. Adam Warlock shows up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the actor. He seemed like he'd be a good character. Doesn't do it. Yeah, just does can. nothing with him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Didn't care for it. Uh, watched a uh, Netflix sh- limited series called Painkiller about the Sacklers and Oxycontin. How is it? It's fantastic. It'll make you really mad. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know... Uh, just, yeah, you're like, uh, how did people like this become like this? Greed. Yeah. Uh, and then I watched one right before that, which had the same sort of person at the center. Uh, I watched the Beanie Bubble. Oh, yeah. About the rise and fall of Beanie Babies. Yeah. It's all right. It's, it was uh, the documentary, not the... No, it was the film. Was oh, the yeah, with Galifianakis as... As King, Thai, King, whatever. Yeah, King Beanie Baby. Thai Bean, I believe. Thai Bean, yes. Thai uh, Beanie. 
Yeah. I watched it because uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Banks is in it. Yeah, she did a good job. Yeah, I enjoy her, but... Yeah, I watched that too. It was nothing to write home about, but I thought it was odd that I watched both these on on the same day, and uh, they both center around like egomaniacal assholes. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's terrible how he treated some of the people that worked for him. Then I watched a uh, series uh, from England, uh, Crashing with Phoebe Waller-Bridges. How is it? Before she did anything else, I believe. Uh, it was okay. I really liked <coughs> two of the side characters, Sad Colin and... Uh, That's his name. Yes. He is a recently divorced man who is living on the couch in his own house while his wife and her boyfriend share the bedroom and he can hear them having sex every night and he comes into work and he cries and everybody calls him you know sad Colin and he comes to one of their parties the premise is a bunch of 20 early 30 year old late 20 early 30 year olds are uh, basically signed up to be conservators of a historical building mm-hmm. uh but they're flo- they're crashing there they're flopping in the house you're supposed to just watch the building make sure you know the water isn't running everywhere people have broken in or squatting there like they are um so they're all breaking the law and could be kicked out at any time anyway sad colin meets with uh with their french roommate i don't remember her name <clears throat> but she's a painter and she she sees him as a muse, and uh, it turns out that he's a stand-in for her dad, who she hates but wants to fuck. He, she finds him more irresistible because he doesn't want to fuck her because of the whole dad issue. Oh wow! It is twisted. Oh man, I wish they were the whole series because <laughs> it would probably be too much, but. You know, he gets some confidence back, but he can't be too confident because she'll leave the second he's too confident. <laughs> wow. They are a fucked up couple, and it was great. <laughs> and that's it. Wow. Well, that is everything I watched. Thank you. That I wrote down. You're um, all not welcome. Thank you for sharing, Brother Will. <laughs> thank you for sharing. Um, I'll keep my list uh, Brief? Sh- short and to the point because. You've probably seen some of these. Back to the Future, 1985. No. Yeah, um, we decided. I we'd... watched part two. Yeah, th- but I like none of the others. I, li- I like the second. <laughs> I like the second one better. But uh, we watched this outside on the on the big screen because oh, it's nice. like we we got to watch something out there because it doesn't take much wind to kind of ruin a night when you go. Oh, maybe we'll watch something, and then it's like, eh, I'm too tired or. Yeah, it's a lot of crap to set up. Well, it's not, but it's, you know, you still have to climb up and turn the thing on and put the dust cap on when you're done. Now that I say it out loud, it doesn't sound like that much work. Yeah, it sounds a little like a first world problem. Yeah, it does. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Um, my job is making me fly to Paris again and spend money. Hate that. Um, My supermodel girlfriend just landed a Victoria's Secret job and the birds are attacking <laughs> yeah 
Um, do I even need to say anything about Back to the Future? Like, hasn't everyone seen this? Yes. It's got Christopher Lloyd, Michael J. Fox, Leah Thompson, Tom Wilson. Anyway. But have it, you seen the original cut with Eric Stoltz? Uh, I have seen the footage, yeah. And some of the footage still resides within this film. He, yeah, he's still in some of the scenes. Yeah, they're, 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 they're pretty wide shots. Uh, the ones at the mall when the Libyans attack. Yeah. Um, Repo Man. Um, as you may remember, I bought a, uh, a Criterion copy of this one and decided to watch this uh, some weeks ago, but it's worth mentioning now. Um, 1984 movie. with uh, It was written and directed by Alex Cox, produced by one of the monkeys, uh, Michael Nesmith, uh, along with Jonathan Wax and Peter McCarthy, stars Emilio Estevez and Harry Dean Stanton. Um, excellent soundtrack, uh, entertaining, weird, funny movie. Uh, you guys have both seen it, yeah? Yep. Okay. Yeah, but not in a million years. I hadn't either in I, many, many years. I remember watching it on TV with my dad, and it was had the most swearing in a movie I've ever experienced. <laughs> oh, <laughs> boy. Just makes you cringe sometimes. Um, Thankfully, my dad swore a lot, so I don't think I would have been too, too embarrassed. Yeah, this is a yeah, this is relatively timeless. I mean, it's although it's set in the '80s, it's it it just feels like I don't know why, but very present because of the, the music is pretty strong and the movie's just goofy and weird. Um, I I thought you know after watching this Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, a documentary on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I remember for whatever reason asking my wife if she'd ever seen True Lies, and she said she hadn't. And I said, "Well, I still find this one really entertaining, mm-hmm. really funny." And uh, you've got, um, you know, James Cameron, you know, Tom Arnold. Well, yeah, but Cameron directing this—it's it weird, right? Because it's, well, it's not weird because it's Arnold, but uh, yeah, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, Tom Jamie, Arnold, Jamie, 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 Lee Jamie Lee Curtis, Bill Paxton. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we, we should Eliza Dushku. We should finally get the um, <laughs> yeah, higher right. def versions of these films. I think at the end of this year. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. True Lies and the Abyss. And... Oh, Ooh. nice. Yeah, James Cameron. You know, wasn't making junk. He was making stuff that was yeah. really glossy and funny and weird and and uh, and made a lot of money. Have you seen the new Avatar? No, I've no, not I seen the can't. last Avatar. <laughs> I can't. I don't know why. You can't. I can't watch it. I, just, I can't. Make I try my... and I fall asleep. No, <laughs> it is stunning. Is it? Yeah. I mean, just just as something to gawp at, it just is stunning. Yeah. Maybe I'll give it a shot. It's been a lot of years since I saw the first one. Well, it's been a lot of years since they made the first one. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. See on the biggest screen you can. It's amazing. Um. Then uh, of course, uh, on that on that uh, on that tip, of course, I was like, you know what, Terminator Two: Judgment Day. Oh. This was just for me. I watched this myself, kind of late at night. Yeah, it still holds up. It's still mm-hmm. fun. the The effects still mostly work, and it's great. I, I was happy to watch that. I like how they ended the franchise there when they're on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were they, smart. They were smart. They didn't make any more crappy movies no uh yeah and that's all i need to say about it it still holds up and then i thought what's you know i don't watch mma at all at all i like i'll see some highlights and be like i don't know what 
who any of these people are. But I kept seeing this complete psycho covered in tattoos from Ireland. And I'm like, Conor McGregor, what is his story? Oh, it's not a good one. <laughs> is he sad? <laughs> no, he's a multimillionaire, but it's, I mean, he's... Doesn't yeah. stop him being sad. The, yeah, well, crazy. Well, crazy. <laughs> he seems crazy. He's assaulted a lot of people. Well, yeah. Has he? And he's sexually assaulted people as well. Has he? Yeah. I haven't heard That's any, the claim. I haven't heard any of that. Um, but I was curious, like, how did he go from whatever he was living like to being apparently successful? I wasn't really sure how much do these guys make. Um, apparently they make a lot of money. And then he started a, a whiskey brand and then sold it to one of those big-ass distributors Six hundred million dollars he made off of that, so he he could probably pay off a lot of people if he did do the alleged things that he allegedly did. Um, but super interesting watching this world that I don't know anything about. Kind of like wow, this is just somebody else's trip completely, and he yeah. he seems a like he's not I don't know not quite with it. But really entertaining to watch. Well, you get kicked in the head enough. That's what they say, right? Yeah. And you can always tell by their noses and ears, like, how many hits they've taken without the headgear on. Yeah. You know, like, the nose has been flattened out and the ears have been all beat to cauliflower shapes. Um, yeah, that's probably, you know, enough to say there's two documentaries. I, I watched both of them and was like, wow, now I know more than I did before. Um but, uh, yeah, that's, that's it for my recently watched, and we all watched Evil Dead Rise. Yes. We would eventually get around to talking about this one. Um, and thanks for the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Recommends? In part two, we'll talk about Evil Dead Rise. <laughs> we promise. Uh, well, yeah, we could probably put this at double speed and then slow it down for the part where we talk about the actual movie oh okay that might be a good idea we'll just give it time time check we could totally do that yeah at the start fast forward to yeah you can say that stuff and people will just go all right cool i mean i i skip long intros all the time doesn't stop us from having a 45 second intro and then Mm -hmm. my favorite bits are your bits (laughs) mine (laughs) well you and will yeah well i'd I'd like listening to to you two better than I like listening to me. Uh, so Evil Dead Rise. Okay. Uh, Jolian, you picked this. Yes, I did. Somebody picked it. Yeah. Um, what was your experience watching it like? Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought uh, Alyssa Sullivan was terrific. Mm-hmm. And Lily Sullivan as Beth was good. Um, yeah. Generally good cast. Uh, Tommy Morgan Davis was good. Um, very interesting twist on it. It was different mm. enough yeah, to make it worth watching. Were you worried going into it that it was just going to be more of the same? Uh, I, was, I was hoping it would try and do something different. Uh, I love the TV show. Um, I didn't like the last remake. Right. Um, Where they were trying to help the friend with the addiction problem. Yeah. Yeah, that... I'd like to say why it didn't work for me. I, I'd have to watch it again. I didn't like any of the people. You know, you got to care about them for the movie to work. Maybe that's what the problem was. Yeah, I found the premises weak, and I didn't yeah. like the people. So. Yeah. So, okay, and but you know, you don't get much development with them. It just gets on with. 
carving people up in gory ways. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. When when you when you're introduced to a movie that that bears the name of the other movies you've really liked, then they're going to have to deliver some stuff, but not lean too much on other stuff. Yeah, I, I remember. I don't remember much about it actually. Uh, I remember some of the gore bits, and but I remember early on they're in the forest and there's there's like a one of those whoosh effects where uh someone crosses camera in the in the immediate foreground yeah and it's just oh that again yeah <laughs> it's not going away yeah the medicine cabinet's not going away and the what are we going to call yeah, that yeah I, I don't mind the, the the setting or anything but that that cliche jump scare is like there might as well have been a bathroom mirror yeah Scare, you know. What if they open the bathroom mirror and there's something inside? <laughs> That's what I worry about. Maybe night. they open it once. There's nothing inside. They close it. Nothing behind them. They open it again, and then there's something horrible inside, mm. like expired medicine. There used to be a Old commercial. Band-aids. There used to be a commercial where the guy opened the medicine cabinet, and I don't know if it was supposed to be his neighbor, mm. or just some weird guy that resides in a medicine cabinet. It's one of those boys that live in the wall all grown up. Yeah. It's called The Man. The Man. <laughs> so man. no expectations going into it. Yeah, I, I didn't have high expectations, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I, I felt the same. I was, I put this off and put this off and put this off because I was just like, mm. do we need another one? <laughs> does it Does it harm this movie that the the woman smiling on the cover looks like the woman from Smile. I think she looks more like uh, Ethan Hawke from The Black Phone. <laughs> you might be right. Um, so, uh, were you pleasantly surprised, or were you? Yeah, kind of... yeah you know, a different theme, and uh, yeah, like the the people in it. The setting was kind of interesting, and the change. Yeah, uh, um, I wish it'd be more ruthless. Yeah, I think one one of the family should have died, apart from the obvious one. I th- yeah, they all die, but two. Yeah. So early on to raise the stakes. Yeah, it could have been, uh, or they could have just killed the kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they don't do that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I thought is a, uh, you know, is is an interesting. Um, lockdown movie movie about a family under lockdown cracking up under pressure yeah did it seem weird to you that they started it at the like the lake house and then yeah and then it goes back to it at the end yeah it's it's like um one day earlier it, it jumped back one day to tell the entire movie yeah mm-hmm. at least that's what it said it was doing mm-hmm which kind of confused me because I'm like, okay, which of these characters we just met were there a day ago? That's what I thought at first. Yeah. What? what and did... then I quickly realized, no, this is, these people aren't, they don't seem to be related at all. Right. So why did they do that? Just to show us that there was an outbreak of evil? Yeah. It just felt like a cont- contagion. Yeah. It felt like a virus movie. I wish they hadn't sense. started that way, but you know my feelings. <laughs> I did like the way the titles came up. Oh, oh the yeah. titles coming up were great. They rose up from the <laughs> Evil Dead Rise. It yeah. rises up from the trees. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And then you're like, okay, now we're at this apartment building in LA and there's people soldering and there's... I also like the uh, the gag with the 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 eye zooming through the forest and then it's a drone. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. Good too. Uh, I actually started to take notes and then realized I can't take notes in the dark. Um, but yeah, the, the, the rushing evil... I guess we could call it. I don't know if they have a name for it, but that rushing evil was like, okay, they're just doing this. They're just going to start here. And then, yeah, it turned out to be the drone, which, you know, the woman used to cut her own face with it. Yeah. Well, if you say it'll mess your face up, you know, that's <laughs> yes. probably yeah. in the next few minutes. Chekhov's drone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so they, they jumped to the, uh, there's a very cute dog under here. Yeah, Zoe is sprawled under the table. She is pretty adorable. Does the dog nap? Yes. Yes, the dog naps in this one. Um, yeah, we have a, um, a pregnant sister showing up at uh, an apartment, and she's got uh, her sister and nieces and nephew living in uh, what appears to be... Uh, Rundown apartment run, building. Run down. A, they're going to be... Evicted. Evicted, I guess. Which made me wonder why, how soon they got that eviction notice, because they hadn't packed anything. I thought the same thing. Like, if you know you have to leave, why why don't you have stuff in boxes yet? Yeah. Do you know the evil's coming and you're not going to survive it? Probably. I know every time I've moved, I wished evil had killed me before I had to move. <laughs> you know, if I ever need to move again, please bring the evil and let it kill me. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to have to pack anything ever again. No. Tired of it. Uh, but I will say that um, set decoration versus stacks of cardboard boxes, I know it would have been easier. Yeah. So I don't know. You, know. you could have just set it all in the parking garage. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Film it in one night. Call it. Yeah. Call it a day. Spend a few minutes in the house with all the boxes stacked up and then out to the parking garage. Yeah. That's it. Uh, Will, what did you think going into this one? I went into this with uh, trepidation. I did not really want to watch this. I didn't hate the remake, but it felt kind of needless. Yeah. Um, it felt lacking. Uh, I don't want to just say just humor, but it was lacking that Sam Raimi yeah. touch, I guess. And would you have to put Bruce Campbell in it to, to use that? Or could Sam Raimi just say, no, I'm doing a, a fun thing here and using these actors? Do you think Sam Raimi could like put his touch to this and maybe... Oh, this, this or the last one? This one. Oh, uh, no, I thought this did pretty well. This had some of that. This, not necessarily the touch, but I think that it was different enough. Because the last one was a remake, yeah. you automatically can compare it to Evil Dead 1 and Evil Dead 2. Well, the last one was a remake, but it was like a really serious, stern, weird... Yes, and that was part of the problem, yeah. I thought. This was played straight. It wasn't goofy at any point, but I think they did a good job. Uh <laughs> It did. I was so glad they used actual uh, movie blood instead of computer generated oh, blood. Yeah. Practical mm -hmm. effect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the practical effects were great. Uh, I know. I know. Child me would have just loved this film because it's so gory. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. 
you know, uh, near the end, spoilers, uh, somebody's got a chainsaw mm-hmm. and somebody else is being stuffed into a wood chipper. Yep. And I was like, God damn, I love this movie. <laughs> Had to take this long to get there, but it was worth it. Have either of you been in a close proximity to a wood chipper in use? Mm-hmm. Terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you don't you don't have to like use your imagination much to imagine what it would be like to get to push an evil monster with many limbs and heads into it. Yeah, or to you know not use proper safety precautions and get yanked into it. Mm. It would be over fast. Like we'd like you to, would hope not fast enough. We'd like to think, oh, you know what? You know maybe it would stop. It would jam. No, you could throw a log as big around as your head into one of those, and it turns it into chips. So it's going to do the same thing to your head. <laughs> Eventually, but it caught your foot. Ugh, so it's going to take a while. Okay, before I forget to ask this, um, did either one of you, I'm assuming at least one, if not both of you, caught not just the blood elevator shining reference. Did you catch another shining reference? Uh, not off the top of my head. I, I could be off base on this, but I could swear that bathroom looked like... Um, the room 237 bathroom the way the tub had the big arch over it and it was all tile hmm. um, it didn't strike me as that but mm. it may be yeah <coughs> let's see if uh <coughs> i'll just google this and see if anybody else has done a side by side of it <laughs> evil dead rise bathroom that mm. won't, that won't bring up any weird images uh oh yeah someone has compared it oh okay i guess um, you're right yeah um all these blank ones yeah the uh here let me turn the monitor a little bit for you uh yeah just just view the image oh shit <laughs> yeah so that's the shining bathroom and we've got something very similar let's see yeah shining bathroom can I have to turn that stupid setting off. Wow. Uh, I'll try and edit this. Chrome turns it back on every time you you turn it off. Apparently. There we go. Turn the filters off. That way we can find it. Um, There's the elevator. Yeah. Uh, There's not enough of a wide shot of it, but it's... it's, uh, There we go. You can kind of see it here. It's got the... It's got green tile back here, and it's arched, and it's very old-fashioned, and that really put me in mind of the the Shining because it's arched and it's got green tile on the back. Mm. I really felt like they were doing that, but you couldn't have missed the blood elevator. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you only need to have seen the Shining once. Yeah, that looked, that looked like a fun day shoot. Oh yeah, <laughs> these poor actors. Yeah, they must have been so oh, sticky God. and itchy. <clears throat> oh, they'd be washing it out for weeks. Oh, it's terrible. I wondered if they made it flavored, because they kept getting it in their mouths. Oh, like mm. yeah, you wouldn't want to taste it ever again, would you? No, whatever it was, not. it's like the, <laughs> could have been your favorite thing. It's the time you get really sick on tequila and you don't touch tequila for years. Yeah, <laughs> it was uh, Robitussin. Did yeah, church kept falling asleep. <laughs> did you uh, did you catch any of the New Zealand accents kind of peeking through? I did not. Okay. No, not at all. Very slight in a couple places. I thought I heard a little Aussie slash. I I know they hate this when you compare their 
because but their accents are so similar uh the new zealand accent and the australian they accent. explain it on flight of the concords they're not the same at all <laughs> right there's a new zealand accent and then there's the australian accent which is evil <laughs> yes <laughs> They sound just like a New Zealander, but evil. Well, maybe that's it, because the char- when the characters become possessed, uh-huh. you know? It's the evil poking through. Possessed by Australians. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, directed by Lee Cronin. Uh, now, I have not seen, as far as I know, any of his other stuff. Uh, hole in the Ground? Oh, God, there's an evil kid. And a hole in the ground. Man, your favorite. There we go. Man, that checks two of the boxes immediately. It does. Supernatural horror film. Um, uh, It's this director's uh, debut from original screenplay he wrote with Stephen or Stephen Shields. It doesn't say anything about it aside from that. So that might be worth a look. Um. Yeah, so you went into it with no expectations, but a little trepidation. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, it took a while for me to to warm up to it. Yeah. Um, Do you like seeing feral kids just being kind of turned loose to go get the pizza? And <laughs> That seemed normal enough. Yeah. Although I think she said something like, take mom's car, take my car. It was like... Why didn't she just say, take the car? Right. They don't look like they're family that would have more than one car. It really should have been the the Plymouth or whatever from... Oh, the Oldsmobile. The Oldsmobile, that's yes, it. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, that would have been the only, you know, Easter egg I would really put in there. It would be worth doing. Yeah, if that's the car they get into at the end to leave... Yeah. I mean, that would be great. Yeah, you got to feel like um, there was something, you know, something that sort of equated the bridge being out, you know, as far as like the the broken parts of the parking garage. Yeah. Uh, The elevator wasn't working right. So we kind of got some of that, Mm -hmm. you know, the bridge is out situation. But, uh, God, I'm trying to think of like, I wanted this open-minded. And uh, I was I was prepared for it to be very gory because I heard it was. That's the only thing I heard about it was that <clears throat> it's a gory movie, and I didn't hear people hating on it. So, like, you know, give it a shot without expectations, without misgivings, and uh, I was pleasantly surprised that um, the stuff worked for me without me rolling my eyes at how much gore and how much possession there was. Mm-hmm. Because it was spreading like a virus in this movie. Yeah. Like the the kids down the hall, the ones that were going to watch all the Freddy movies, even the shitty ones. <laughs> yeah, all. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> That's all of them. But, uh, yeah. Um, what's I going to say? I can't remember. But the whole damn apartment building gets possessed. Yeah. And, you know, uh, they they take it they take it a couple levels too far on some stuff you know like kid becomes like the teenage kid becomes possessed the girl and immediately uh, after that weird black sore starts to spread immediately she's vomiting up bugs mm-hmm. and then eating glass like that escalated 
quickly. I mean, maybe I, she was a little evil to start with. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it was a Didn't short trip. Push her that far, you know. It was a short trip. Uh, oh, I was going to say, I think this movie is bloody, not gory. That's probably a better way to put it. Because there were buckets and buckets of blood, but I didn't see a whole lot of guts. And Yeah, there was the neighbor with the kind of beardy face. Oh, yeah, you did see his guts. You saw his guts. That might have been it. Yeah, I think it may have been. Yeah. A couple oh, limbs get blown off. Also, it doesn't, um, when they get possessed, they their features are, you can still see who they are. It doesn't cover them up in masks like in earlier yeah. Evil Dead movies. Like Evil Dead 2. Yeah. Yeah, it's like these are these are your own family being flipped, but they're still recognizable. Yeah, like the, in in the cabin in Evil Dead 2, you could only tell by the wardrobe who it was. Like mm. the, like the I forget his name, but the, the guy ends up so mutated you can't even Well, there's a reference to the, you know, that that big creature that Ted Raimi plays. The, yeah, Henrietta? The, yeah, there's the pizza boxes in this movie. Oh, uh, that's why. Uh, I did not catch that. I wondered why that was the name on the pizza. Because yeah. it didn't seem to fit an actual pizza place. And I'd be, oh, it's somebody's mother. I guess it kind of was. Yeah, I didn't see that. But I was appalled by the fact that, I mean, they just dropped the pizza boxes straight down. That's you can still eat that. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, cheese scrapes right off, even if you drop it face down. <laughs> yeah, but it didn't. I mean, they in had, the box. I was if you say, drop it face down out of the box. Yeah. You got to be quick. In a lo- in Los Angeles parking <clears throat> garage. Uh, yeah. I if it's buy. under five seconds, I, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but wasn't most of it still in the box? It was all in the box. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> you don't leave it. <clears throat> You either take it with you or you go back and get three more pizzas. But once you've committed to pizza night. Yeah, it's settled. Yeah, you're not switching and you're not giving up. I don't think they'd have enough money to go get more pizzas, so they're probably eating scraped off pizza. The first time I watched this, I I really disliked the kids. Yeah. They they just seemed to be giving her a hard time. And then they go out and get food and they trash it all. <laughs> they drop all the drinks and abandon the pizzas. And they bring an evil book and records oh, it into that the house too. too. Yeah, I wasn't fond of them. I mean, the funny, <laughs> the boy playing DJ in his room was hilarious. That was good. Playing to his imaginary crowd. I did enjoy that. But uh, the little girl was making a uh, some sort of a stabby staff. Staffany. Staffany, that's what she called it. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty good for a kid, you know. She had mom's good scissors. Staffany, yes. Did, did both of your, did you grow up with a mom who was like, where's my good scissors? Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, the sewing scissors don't cut paper with them. No. I don't know why, but that was the rule. My mom bought a pair of Fiskars uh-huh. when we were kids. With the orange handles. And those were the quote-unquote good scissors. Yeah. You, yeah. Where's, you just didn't use those. Yeah. You didn't touch them. Uh-uh. Where's my good scissors? Mm-hmm. Like, if, if, if you just put that on, a like, a, a needlepoint thingy on the wall, <laughs> every American kid knows that. Probably. But you didn't have that, Juliana. No. no. 
Were they all just good scissors or? <laughs> all the scissors in Britain. Don't, don't mess good. about with pointy objects. I, I know I, I did because uh, apparently I I got out a knitting needle and was testing the electric fire. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> I was stripping wire with a pair of good scissors and I cut the fuck out of my hand. Oh, no. <laughs> and then what do you do? You have to go tell your parent because your hand is bleeding. And they're going to find out what you did. There's no hiding that. Oh, man. It didn't hurt, which was wild. It's just one of those where you look down and then blood everywhere. Yeah. Like, huh. Just like this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, all the, all the neighbors are possessed. And then uh, I don't remember how they ended up getting killed one by one. Uh, mom's body in the the hallway and, uh, she attacks them all. So they turn into zombies? Uh, some of them. Oh, okay. So some some of them didn't. Some of them to, they just seemed to be dead. So she killed them and if they reanimated, they reanimated. If they didn't, they became part of the, the, um. Marauder. Is that what what it's called? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that was, um. That was sort of yeah. A, that's the that's the evil family. Yeah. The thing that the Beth is afraid of becoming subsumed into a family unit. Oh. So she's she's left the family and come back. And then you've got this mother who's struggling to hold it all together, and she's been abandoned by everybody. Mm. And uh, and then and she falls victim, which is very sad. Yeah. And then but then and then she becomes part of this evil family unit. That Beth um, thoughtfully feeds into the wood chippers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Beth and Cassie escape, and that's it. Do yeah. they? Well, they're covered in the blood. I, and then this—this this is my question: Do they have to bite you or cut you? They is, can look through the peephole and get you. <laughs> right. They don't even have to be in the same room. You just have to look at them wrong, or they look at you wrong. And you're possessed because the Bridget was possessed that way. Hmm. I guess she had been cut on the cheek. Okay. But that was with the tattoo needle. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure I understand the rules. Uh, like, I like to have the rules. Like, they don't need to be info dumped on me, but I, I, I like them to be, you know, at least clued in. or What it is, what it does, how yeah. can we stop it? Yeah, what do it do and what do it don't? Yeah. Is what I need to know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was annoyed that the priest left his his warning onto the last record <laughs> instead of numbering them the other way. So people didn't yeah. listen. Kind of did it's kind like, of... a you know, if you were cutting the wires of bomb, they're like, cut the blue wire. But first, and you're like, fuck, I just cut the blue wire. Boom. Yeah, I guess I guess I kind of uh, didn't didn't mention this part that uh, there is an earthquake. It opens up a hole in the parking garage, which down, is the old bank vault. Down which, yeah, someone yeah, from the records, someone had repurposed a bank vault to store their stuff. I think it was hidden in the vault, and it was still there when the bank went under. It. Yeah. Whatever, hmm. that vault was hidden. And never opened. And apparently that's the that's Bruce Campbell's cameo. He's one of the voices on the records. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I heard that mentioned on a on some review of this. 
Um, so we got the we got the records explaining the Necronomicon and how to not mess with it, and the Necronomicon. Yeah, whatever it's called now. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, whatever they call it. Um, different different style to it for sure. With the yeah, I like the design. With the, the teeth, the teeth clasp. binding. Yeah, the teeth clasp. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, nice spooky illustrations. But the kid dripped blood onto it. Otherwise, maybe this whole mess wouldn't have gotten that far. Stupid I mean, kid. Yeah. Fucking kids, man. Fucking kids. They ruin everything. Uh, yeah. So so we got a couple of sh- you know for fun a couple of shining references. We got the the zooming evil, which turned out to be a drone. Um, we, there was a cabin, so we did get that. You know. Don't stay in an A-frame cabin. <laughs> Every bad thing that's happened in movies in the woods lately, it's been an A-frame. A-frames, yeah. 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 A-frames are, are the new... Um, they, they draw down evil. Yeah. yeah. A-frames are the new cottage. I guess they? so, yeah. yeah. There's an eyeball gag. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's an eyeball that goes down someone's throat, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one guy gets his eye bitten out somehow, and then uh, she spits in the other guy's throat. <sighs> across the room happens to end up in his mouth and he chokes on it one in a million shot doc yeah one in a million (laughs) yeah so that's yet another one that's sort of fan service but also just a gross thing that if you didn't know about evil dead 2 then probably enjoy it anyway Mm -hmm. um yeah, the next uh, the next morning after all of, after all of the evil is uh, dispatched into the wood chipper and um, Beth and Cassie escape <clears throat> question mark um, Jessica goes to the parking lot uh, to leave and she's attacked by an unseen force. Um, are we going to get another one of these? Do you reckon? Probably. This one did well. So, <laughs> so, then, so yeah, yeah. Uh, Estimated budget of fifteen to nineteen million dollars. It made one hundred and forty-six point seven million dollars. So I guess that alone answers the question: Will they make another one? Mm-hmm. Uh, Continue to make them until they prove no longer financially. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, successful. How many millions on top of budget does it need to make for them to say, "Let's do another one"? Uh, it has to earn at least twice to get. Yeah, to cover advertising. Cover advertising and everything. And then with creative accounting, it never turns a profit. (laughs) No matter how many royalties you were owed, Return of the Jedi still has made no money. Uh Uh-huh. So. Yep. Well, um, did did we pretty well cover all of the high points of this one and the low points of this one? Spectacularly. Yeah, I'd like to think we did. Um, how do you think it, rather than doing recommends right away, I have to ask, how do you think this one compares or or presents itself? Um, I don't think of Evil Dead as the first movie. I think of Evil Dead 2 as the, the better version of the first movie. Because it's just the first movie with money and more mm. humor. Mm. I think I prefer the first one. Do yeah. you? Yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I saw the first one first. Yeah. And uh, although I really appreciate Evil Dead 2, mm-hmm. Evil Dead 1 was gritty and made me feel a little freaked out. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily scared, but 
perhaps a tad worried about evil books. Yeah. <clears throat> and so it really stuck with me. Uh, and then I saw Evil Dead 2 years later. Do you think of the first three movies as a package, or do you think of them? I think the first two and then Army of Darkness is something else. It's a different animal? Yeah. I always think of Army of Darkness as a different animal than... I usually just think Uh, of the second movie. Maybe the same family, but, you know. I just feel they're progressively more comedic and fantasy. Yeah. From the the first one's the gritty horror, and the second one's the comic nicer remake. Mm-hmm. And then the third one's going further into fantasy. It's fantasy and it's silly and fun and funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you think of those things as a progression, yet still a package, Sam Raimi's involved, Bruce Campbell's involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they diverge from that completely to make the Fede Alvarez remake in, what was it, 2014? Ten years ago-ish, anyway. Um so that one's, like I said, a little stern and a little serious and just, uh, as we discussed, it doesn't really get you too much caring about the characters for, I don't know why, I don't know why, but we, but we seem to agree on that. Now we got this new one. Where does that fall in the whole, not counting this t- the TV series? Um, it's the fourth best one. <laughs> after one two three <laughs> whatever this would be five but four four is at the bottom yeah yeah Jolien, do you agree with that uh i go one and then the tv series and then this one oh, oh okay. wow i think for me it's evil dead 2 then the first one, then Army of Darkness, then this one. And then Distant Fifth is the 2014 remake. Uh, TV series, I can I consider it kind of separate, but if I had to say wedge it in there somewhere, it would be somewhere next to Army of Darkness. I don't know on which side of it. <laughs> but uh, I still have to watch that. Yeah, for sure. But uh, recommends. Yes. Yeah, you're a little hesitant. No, actually, I I like this movie quite a bit. It yeah. was entertaining. It, uh, unlike the uh, the latest Marvel movies I watched, I wasn't just tuned out at some point. This does keep you engaged. <laughs> yeah, I was engaged. Yeah, like I wasn't thinking about, oh, is there a load of laundry I need to go switch or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really should get around to grouting, regrouting those bathroom tiles <laughs> <laughs> before it gets soaked in blood. Yeah. Julian, what about you? Recommends? Yeah, I recommend this. And if you liked it, watch Demons Two. Demons Two. Okay. In fact, what's funny is I've got uh, Night of the Demons sitting over here, which <laughs> is another funny uh, demon possession movie. Um, I do recommend this. Yeah, I don't have any hesitation to recommend it. And you get you get some little Easter eggs here and there, and you you brought up the Henrietta's Pizza, which I didn't even catch that. I didn't see the name on it, so there's probably a few more hiding in there. I'm sure. All right. So uh, next time's going to be your pick, Will. You don't have to think of it now, but uh, Infinity Pool. It's going to be Infinity Pool. Yes. Scar, so scar. I'd like to watch it again. Awesome. Golf. <laughs> yeah. 
Right. Will's going to run away with and me that's a goth. on Hulu, right? Yes, it's on Hulu. All right. Well, uh, shall we call it a show? It's a show. It's a show. Listeners, thank you for listening. Stay out of the bank vault.